why not take a break, pause that game you're playing, and instead listen to some Nintendania. Welcome to the show, a fortnightly Nintendo gaming podcast. I'm your host, Josh, or JT if you like, and in this episode, we are going over GoldenEye 007 finally arriving on the Switch. How does it hold up all these years later? IGN reports that Nintendo will have a slower second half of 2023 with no heavy hitters. Ouch, my heart for Pikmin 4. Advance Wars may actually be coming out soon. There's more rumors about that. We'll deep dive into that. Another Super Mario Bros. movie trailer is out, this time with a cat suit shown. And we're going to take a deep dive into the mechanics and strategic elements of Fire Emblem Engage. And then finally, we have a really funny, weird Nintendo about a fish who actually made a uh, credit card purchase while streaming Pokemon. But to help me navigate, navigate sorry, this episode, I have a very special guest. This person is a writer for Press Start AU, a website that covers all things gaming for Australians. They were the lucky person who wrote the Fire Emblem Engage review for the website and will be bursting with knowledge, I'm sure, of the game to help us with our deep dive later today. Please welcome Harry Caligero. How you going, mate? Good, thanks. How are you? Very well, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. I, thanks um, for having me. <clears throat> I saw you on Twitter a few weeks ago and uh, saw that you're the one who wrote um, the actual review for Press Star AU for Fire Emblem yeah. Engage. So um, first, first of all, how was that for you reviewing that game and, uh, and uh, how did you get the opportunity? Uh, yeah, it was, it was good. Um, Nintendo are notoriously tricky with review uh windows sometimes um engage was um really generous so it was quite stress-free um i gave it to us really really early um i've been writing for the site for almost four years now um and i've been doing a lot of nintendo stuff with them um so when the opportunity arose i said i was interested in the rest is history um in regards to engage yeah nice it's um they give you a week or so or less time and then um it really depends on the game um like most of the time it's probably around 10 days um including embargo um again that depends on the game the size etc um pokemon for example uh scarlet was i think about two weeks um engage was like it was ridiculous it was like four or five weeks or something um oh wow is, yeah yeah really long um so yeah um it, it really does vary game to game um and how worried they are about spoilers and leaks and things like that so yeah, yeah i think half the time as well it would it, you think it's got anything to do with if they're worried the game's not going to be perceived well like with previews and things like that and they might i'm not sure closer to their chest like a little closer time it's tricky because uh yeah, like a, a lot of these um these pre-release embargoes like stipulate if you can do hands-on um previews as well. Um for Fire Emblem you could. Um I think around like a week and a half before the proper review embargo dropped, we could do a hands-on um sort of like a first impressions up to a certain point in the story. Um but then I covered both Arceus and Scarlet and Violet for Press Start. Neither of those yep. had um hands-on previews um as part of the review process. Um, yeah. And they also had much shorter windows. So that sort of leads me to believe that, like, given the amount of leaks that were going around with Sword and Shield and also Arceus, well, Pokemon in general now, um, I think that's why they have tighter review windows for those games. Yeah. Um, there are also less outlets receiving pre-release code, especially in Australia. Um, 
yeah. So, yeah, I think Generally. it's like it's sort of an IP based thing. Um, as much as some people might say that they think Fire Emblem's in a better spot or whatever, Pokemon yeah. sells more, I guess. So, yeah, it's, it certainly does. Um, it, it just leaks all the time, Pokemon as well. Like, you can just absolutely rely on, like, you know, you'll yeah. find, it, you'll find out what the starters evolve into, you'll find out all yeah. the sort of things that are wrong with it in the lead up. And I suppose, yeah, it's just, a... I mean, I was when I was reviewing Arceus, I was finding out stuff about things that I hadn't even run into yet. Yeah. Um, like scrolling on Twitter and just seeing forms of, <laughs> of some legendary Pokemon and being like, oh, that's weird like i'm like i'm playing the game right now and it's been been spoiled for me before anyone else has the game so yeah yeah <laughs> it, it is what it is but yeah if you dig deep enough you'll you'll always find that i think yeah that's that's true but yeah like if you get a preview copy you'd, you'd want to think you're not going to get any spoilers you'd be pretty pretty good but well uh, yeah you would hope so but i think Pokemon's yeah. just one of those things isn't it just, people yeah. always get really excited and and there's people talking about leakers talking about the dlc and stuff now as well like it never stops yeah that's right that's yeah. it so, so Prestar AU, they've they're one of the big um, Australian websites for for not just Nintendo, but they do like um, other gaming as well. Yeah, um, yeah. What, what's your experience been like working for them? And um, I, I see they're very active and they do a lot of things. Um, yeah, we're we're pretty broad scope. Um, yeah. like we cover everything, um, or we like to anyway. Um, we also like to say we have an Australian focus, um, in the sense that like you have um you have other outlets in australia but um mm. you know all the big ones are typically also based in in america or whatever um like kotaku ign or whatever they've got offices over east but um yeah we're strictly australia based um we have a big focus on playstation um we have a really good relationship with them um and i think a lot of the team just gravitates towards their releases as well um but we do have like a, a pretty broad spectrum of continuously contributing freelancers so we cover a lot mm. um like we have people who are interested in the sports games and the racing games and then yeah so uh, like i think we we cover pretty much every major release every year um as well as keeping on top of news and and, and things like that um yeah. in regards to me like um i i try to play uh, a lot of the stuff that comes out in the year regardless of whether or not i review it um whether or not that's because of FOMO, I still haven't really worked out. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so I do a lot of stuff with them. Um, like I did last year was was a particularly big year. Um, I did Elden Ring, which was which was probably the crowning achievement of my journalism career so far. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's obviously a huge opportunity. Um, Legends Arceus, like I said, Scarlet and Violet. Um, I also got to interview Bungie last year as well. Um, so I've done a lot of really cool stuff. Um, with them and i'm super grateful for the opportunities i get with them every day yeah that's great yeah. that's um yeah like elder ring as well you know that's uh yeah some big heavy hitters you yeah to play last year so yeah i've been very fortunate yeah. yeah um some big games as well i can only imagine it's daunting playing that and reviewing it i think fire emblem's a big yeah. game but like elden ring or even um Pokemon, if you really wanted to get into it could be like a big sort of game to review too it's i think a, so a lot of effort yeah. up front yeah and i think a lot of that comes down to like your review windows and stuff um yeah. like i think a, a lot of people look in on the job as it being all glamorous but sometimes it really isn't um like elden ring for example it. yeah like elden ring for example like while i loved my experience with that game when i was reviewing it um where they only supplied code probably i think it was actually 10 days in advance um and that game is like gargantuan um it is just so big <laughs> Um, and it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah. 
And like every reviewer has personal standards that they hold themselves to um, when they write a review or before they write a review. Um, one that I have personally is that I like to try and roll credits before I write a review. Um, yeah. Daunting task on Elden Ring, as you can imagine. Oh, yeah. Um, so I, I pretty well know life that game for 10 days. I think I put about 70 <laughs> hours into it. Um, and by the time I, I rolled credits and wrote my review, I'd mentioned, oh, I think I've probably only seen 70% of what the game has to offer. And that yeah. number was probably closer to like maybe 55 or 60. Yeah. Um, yeah, once people got to started, it. yeah, once people got their hands on. So yeah, it has its ups and downs. Um, For sure. But, I, but yeah. I, I do love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, I respect the journalistic uh, uh, endeavor you got there to make sure it's, uh, you know, you're not just... Because I do wonder sometimes whether some might not have time a bit more, to, you know, like yeah. they get, get um, to a certain point and sort of they can assume what the game's going to... Like they can play it enough know, to review it. And I feel like it's hard, like, because there, there are games that will either substantially change in their in their last third last quarter before mm. credits roll and and something might happen and i think engage is sort of a good example in that with its narrative but we can get into that later um but um i mean like look at like a game like Nia, for example um automata um or replicant um are both like mm. fundamentally changed um by subsequent playthroughs like you have to roll credits you have to play those games two or three That's times right. to get the full experience um and yeah, I think, yeah, it can lead to, to some problems in some regards. Um, like obviously reviewing will always be subjective, um, but I do think it is also important to be as well informed. Like if you can present things that back up your opinion, that's what matters the most. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Oh, very good. And so Nintendo, um, how's that sort of been as a sort of, I imagine you've been playing it as a child, sort of growing mm -hmm. up with, those games what, what's some sort of of the of your big memories at nintendo that you that you're very fond of yep um it's funny as a kid i actually used to play a lot of terrible movie tie-in games that i have very fond memories <laughs> of um but i did have a game boy um that was sort of my a game boy advance sorry yeah. um i'm only 22 so i'm quite young in the broad scope of gaming um but yeah gba was my first like console that i owned yeah um Again, a lot of movie tie-ins, but the odd uh, Nintendo game would would leak in here and there. Um, it was when I like started playing on my like when I got a DS for the first time that I really took off. Um, I played Pokemon Pearl, so I started with Gen Four. Um, yeah. That was a huge part. Um, still is a huge part of like what I play today. Um, I think that's the whole reason I really got into RPGs in the first place. Mm. Um, and even now, um, there are so many Nintendo games that I played growing up over the years, um, and also things that I went back and played that were maybe before my time or you know i just wasn't old enough at the time um one of my favorite franchises funny a lot <clears throat> funnily enough is metroid um nice very good which is yeah quite old i think my favorite game of all time is probably metroid prime um okay yeah yeah and i first didn't play that for the first time yeah um i didn't play that for the first time until i was like 15 or 16 or something yeah um and that's a game i probably replay every year um but yeah nintendo will always have a place in my heart um, i love mario i love fire emblem Metroid, big Pokemon guy, um, Pikmin as well, pretty much everything. Um, oh man, you are so welcome to the show. I'm very well <laughs> sourcing you. That's uh, that's music to my ears. That's that is awesome. I um, yeah, I, Metroid Prime's a special one for me as well because um, I bought a GameCube, two controllers, came with Metroid Prime, 150 bucks. Um, when they were when they about I think a few years First into the out, console's yeah. life. Um. And I hated Metroid Prime. I was like an eight, nine-year-old kid who just didn't get it. I, and yeah. then it took me until I was a late teenager or later in my years to sort of really 
appreciate it and play it and then um you know understand what it was about and Absolutely. so um you know it's like i kind of regretted buying the game at first and then all those years later and then now i'm like yeah i'm so glad i got it and just let me yeah. know that was my first my, my first gamecube title one of those experiences that like if you click with it you end up clicking with it really hard um it is like like relatively easy to to bounce off of it i think like i think the first time i tried to get into it i also stopped at a point um and then i came back to it for some reason and i just ended up finishing it and yeah i just yeah. adore it um love that game so much. yeah so you prefer 3d to 2d is that your preference for the metro uh, i don't know i go back and forth i think they offer different things um I think Prime is probably the best example of like a true 3D Metroidvania. Like I don't think many other games have really come close to um, to delivering on the same mm. sort of feeling of exploration and atmosphere that like the initial Prime games have. Um, 2D, there have been other games that come close. I mean, you've got like Symphony of the Night, obviously. Um, Hollow yep. Knight is really big. Um, there's tons of stuff on the market now. Um, so many indies do it as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but like as often as I play re replay Prime, um, I'll also replay Super Metroid quite frequently. Um, I, I haven't really thought about it too much, but I would say Metroid Dread is probably my favorite Switch game. Um, so yeah, I also love 2D yeah. Metroid. Um, like the franchise as a whole is really important to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's good. Love to hear. Um, hopefully Metroid Prime 4 news this year. Don't think we'll I see hope. the game. Or play cast. the game, sorry, but hopefully we can see something. I think after uh, after what happened with Dread, I have a little bit of hope. Like the the E3 reveal into an October release date was um, mm. a quick turnaround, so I'm hoping we see something similar with Prime Four. But I, I guess we'll see. We'll see. I, I I'll take the Metroid Prime remaster that has been so heavily yes. rumored. I think. Uh, yeah. yeah. For I'll so long. Any day. Yeah. Mm. Um, before we get into the news, I do a little shout out to my Patreon supporters and thank them very much for supporting Nintendania. Um, anyone looking to support the show please check out the show notes um attached to this podcast for things um and ways you can help support us um it doesn't have to be monetary we love five star ratings um any sort of interactions with things where we post we post on youtube now as well um, and we've got all the socials so please consider following us on that um and at our basic level on patreon we do a little show uh monthly with my good mate drew from the house of mario called heaps good and so it's just a random extra show we do monthly talking about random things um things are going on with our lives so um please feel free to check all that out um even got a nintendo switch online expansion pack family account access you can join our little family um and it might be a cheaper way for you to enjoy um the nso so um sorry before the news i uh, i talk about um what we've been playing lately so harry is there um what's been something outside of Engage maybe that you've been playing lately that uh, you've been enjoying yep. maybe? Um, there's been a couple of things. Um, I recently uh, finished my uh, Platinum playthrough of Crisis Core Reunion. Um, I was playing that on my PS5. Um, so I finished the game probably a month ago, but yeah, I was running yep. through grabbing all the trophies. Yeah, nice. Um, I also played Hi-Fi Rush, which I adored. Um, I thought it was brilliant. Uh, and uh, I've also been replaying Zelda games um, in the lead up to Tears of the Kingdom. Um, so I'm playing through Ocarina of Time at the moment. Yep. Is that uh, through the Switch or your OG hardware? Uh, no, the uh, 3DS, the 3DS remake. Of course, of course. Not very nice. Um, yes, that's probably the way to play it with the slight improvements they made. To, I would think uh, so. Yeah, I think with it. the visuals and the gyroscope and stuff, like it's, yeah, I think it's the definitive way to play the game. Yep. Yeah, nice. And then uh, Hi-Fi Rush, I've only just heard amazing things about. I don't have an Xbox, so I don't uh, have access yeah, to it. But, um, it was a blast. Um, yeah. I think uh, Tango are extremely talented. Um, 
like uh, the evil within had a lot of issues um i think the sequel was fantastic um they almost fixed everything that people had problems with um ghostwire maybe wasn't as well realized but um still a fascinating example of like how to do open worlds and, and build atmosphere within them um and this was just like a total pivot like from like the typical horror to a rhythm action game such a weird um mm. a weird choice um but they just had such a grip like a firm understanding on what makes a character action game good um and like blending that with rhythm in a way that doesn't feel too punishing yeah yeah um fantastic so well done yeah no that sounds great and then the shadow drop as well and so yeah um, i think that did a lot for it for sure yeah a bit of instant buzz and i think xbox needed a good hitter um they did need a, a jab in the arm yeah yeah because they got a good year ahead i think but uh last year was a bit uh i hope so yeah to be desired hmm. Yep. Yeah. Um, no, no, some good all rounds there. Um, uh, for, for me, engage obviously, and then uh, Gold and I will get into that later. But um, just wanted to give a little shout out. Oh, this is obviously a Nintendo podcast, and obviously talk about all sort of Nintendo stuff on the Switch. But um, uh, side watching The Last of Us um, on binge uh, here yeah. in Australia, HBO, I think in the states, and um, just saw episode three, and uh, really, really enjoying. Uh, this TV show, they've done such a good job. Um, it's been fantastic. <laughs> it's been amazing. And so, um, throughout all that, I thought I want to play Last of Us again. So I picked up the remastered version that you can get for free if you go to PS5 through your PlayStation Plus, I believe. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's been cool, just to sort of play that again. And I, it's been it. years since I've played it, and so yeah. um, just to sort of uh, see, you know, shot for shot, a lot of the stuff they've done from the TV show. It's pretty um, impressive. The game, the, yeah, the amount of stuff that they pull over one to one. Um, like I played part one when that came out, um, which was last September last year. Um, the PS5 version, um, and yes, yeah, it was really good to go back to it. Um, and also sort of brush up a little bit before the TV show came out. Um, but yeah, so yeah. many things that um, they do a really good job of of paying respect to the original source material, but also sort of putting their own spin on it. Yeah, you know, I think. Um, yeah, and obviously episode three was the most, um, I suppose, way it's steered off from yeah. diverged. That's the word from uh, actual game. But um, you know, speaking to, I've got a friend of mine who's very into the game, and he's sort of, you know, they've sort of extended on things that weren't obviously said definitively. They've only just mm -hmm. built on them, and so I think they've done it in a really sounds like they've done it in a really good and creative way to make it work in the yeah, whole absolutely. universe. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I'm really keen to keep watching this. And so uh, it's been, you know, we don't see this a lot where uh, the video games come first. And then, I mean, you see, you see with movies a bit, a little, mm, but TV yeah. shows has been kind of a new kind of uh, realm for it. Especially so. like one-to-one uh, -one things like this. Like it's, yeah. a, direct, it's a direct sort of um, crossover. Like, I mean, there have been good stuff in the past, obviously, with um, Arcane, which was fantastic, Edge Runners. Um, and Castlevania as well. Um, yes. But the thing is with all those, they aren't really like based on a, a game story, if that makes no, sense. Like they're just, just set in the, the same worlds. Yeah, exactly. Um, whereas yeah. this is like definitively the game storyline um, turned into a TV show. Um, yeah, it's been cool to see. Yeah. Uh, it's um, And I think a very good choice for them to do. I think one of the, you know, um, amazing, amazing games of the of last generation or yeah, the PS3 even. It's, uh, it's been so long now. So... Mm -hmm. um, but we've had a remaster, then a remake, and so it's just this game that's uh, you yeah know, keep playing and people keep loving. So timeless, really. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. Um, 
All right, I'm going to get into some news items here, um, some smaller ones before we deep dive into Fire Emblem Engage. Um, uh, first one is Advance Wars might be coming soon. Um, this is uh, really, su- oh, I don't know about surprising, but um, there's been some extra rumors of late. Um, this game obviously got canceled uh, April from April last year after the uh, Ukraine war. And um, there's sort of been in a bit of limbo ever since then. But uh, some news this week, some updated retail listings from Amazon Mexico in Canada. I think Walmart, Best Buy, all the, all the big US ones. Um, seems to sort of indicate that there might be an imminent announcement. And then with this whole uh, Nintendo Direct uh, intensity that uh, happens yeah. January, February, I think people are talking or trying to tie together that something next week or this week coming is uh, is imminent. And so um, this along with, you know, I've read a Reddit post where someone from Walmart is claiming there's, they've received posters for Advance Wars <laughs> 1 and 2 reboot camp with the uh, header saying available now um, yeah. uh, is this you know what, what do you think of this Harry is this something that you think we're going to get even with the whole political situation still <laughs> ongoing is this something that Nintendo just wants out or is it I don't know coming seeing the light of day I think it's tricky because I, I definitely think delaying it was was the right thing to do uh, yeah. last year um, I think pulling the trigger now on it is is a lot less insensitive than it would have been to do it in April of last year um, like and for all we know, the game is probably just ready, like ready to go. Um, it only could have benefited from the extra time in the oven if they did use any of it for development. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, maybe when they did do a direct, there was a shadow drop. Um, mm. If Walmart did have marketing, I'm surprised we haven't heard something from other retailers because um, it would be going everywhere. Um, yeah. But I definitely wouldn't be surprised if during the direct, they announced a digital shadow drop or something like that. Um, saying that it was going to be available physically in the coming weeks or whatever, um, but yeah, we'll have to see. Have to see. Yeah, is it is it just because it's been a year on and people are less, I know, as there's not as much focus on the war now that they could justify. Mm. I'm just yeah, I, I can understand the initial delay, but um, I, I don't know what's changed really. It's still ongoing for them to yeah yeah. I think it was time passing really. Oh yeah, time passing. Obviously, it's more raw back then and. Mm. Um, it's unfortunately not in the media as much now as it is as it was back then. That's good. Um, yeah, that's right. So yeah, and it, it, you got to get it out there at some point. I mean, um, yeah, I think Nintendo it did the right thing by delaying it initially, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if they um, just wanted to get it out the door and stop worrying about it. Yeah, well, especially when it's it, it's done effectively. Um, mm. it, there's yeah. there was someone in April last year who somehow got access to the game on their switch and they were playing it they were posting it online and nintendo um intervened in the end and cancelled it and gave them a refund but however they got access i don't know but um um it, it is effectively done and so you know their initial delay from december um 2021 to april 2022 is caused this whole you know um ongoing um tb you know tda to be tba yeah that's right and so um, very unlucky franchise. I would love to see it. Um, my fantasy critic counterpick though is Advance Wars One and Two because I did not think it was going to come this year. Yeah, and so I'm 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 in big trouble if this comes out. I'm going <laughs> to lose a lot of points. Um, yeah, I, I even said this: if it comes out though, I'll be happy because I'd rather play the game rather, than, yeah. and win my and the, fantasy critic. When you get a fantasy critic, yeah, 
That's yeah. right. But I was I was so confident. Like, I don't think it's coming this year. I just, yeah. So Yeah, I think um, it's one of those things that can so easily um, flip on a dime. Like I think also mm. with it's really interesting with Hi-Fi Rush given the amount of buzz that that generated when it just dropped. Like I think Nintendo also know the power of just doing a direct and being like, hey, it's ready now instead of saying it's dropping next month or whatever. Um, mm. I think if they were to just randomly go, yeah, it's available on the eShop right now, um, people would go crazy for that. So, oh, they would. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah 100%. I think uh, it would be it'd be a great little surprise. And um, if the physical comes out in April, I think that's a, sort of a good um, month with... Uh, they've had, um, you know, they've got Kirby this month in Feb, engaged last yeah. month, uh, the Bayonet Origins in March, and then before uh, Tears of the Kingdom Tears in the May. Kingdom, yeah, yeah they have something in, in April. So, um, yeah, that might be the way to go. So, uh, I'll, I'll watch with interest if this direct does happen this week. Um, yes. It just yeah. makes sense, though. Like, it two, does. Two yeah. weeks before Kirby, a couple of weeks after Engage. It's just... Yeah, we're about due week. for, uh, I think, a better look at Tears of the Kingdom as well. Mm. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think it'd be very surprised if Nintendo didn't come out in the next few days saying something, or at least in the next week. That's right. But it makes too much sense. So that's why I'm thinking maybe not. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. It's Nintendo. It's uh, Yeah, lines yeah, we up just, too well. We just don't know, but, but we will see. Um, the other big thing I've been very excited about this past week or so is GoldenEye 007 finally arriving on the Switch. And so um, Nintendo did a tweet last week finally announcing that it's available um, as part of their NSO expansion pack. And so finally this rare limited developed game, which has been in like a four-way sort of limbo of licensing hell, is now um, available for those on the Switch, but also on Xbox through Game Pass. And um, the digital version of uh, Rare's replay i believe and so um so this has been great to pick up um two different versions uh, developed by two different companies um the switch version switch version versus the uh, xbox version and so um we're seeing minute sort of differences between um how they've gone about um getting, getting it emulated getting it running on each respective system um, the Switch has online multiplayer, which kind of just is how NSO's app works. Um, you connect online through that. Um, whereas the Xbox One doesn't, but has the, um, as standard, dual analog or dual stick um, effort first-person shooter controls and uh, plays a lot nicer straight away um, from what I've seen. And so um, you can fix that on the Switch. You can uh, button map. You can... Um, do things with the pro controller to make it uh, work, switching it to 1.2 solitaire in the in-game menu. There's plenty of guides out there that help you do that. And so that's what I've done because um, I tried it with my, I've got my N64 controller that works on the NSO. And so I like to play the games using the actual controller. Um, and, and, and this one, oh boy, it is hard to, uh, you know, as you know, you just play first person shooters for the last 20 years and they're just not like what yeah, uh, Goldeneye like has delivered. And so, um, yeah, the moment I saw those videos to button map and make it dual stick, I, uh, I've switched to that. So, um, has this been a title you picked up Harry in the, and in the experienced? No, it's not. Unfortunately, um, no. not something I've ever played actually. Um, I know the, the hype around it and, and the way yeah. that it impacted the industry when it came out and seeing lots of people talk about it on Twitter and how it still holds up and also how it's um, meant to be stupidly difficult um, <laughs> has been um, funny to see. Um, I think it's really cool that they brought it back though, um, also especially with the online functionality. Mm. Um, it's cool to see games that had such a, a big impact on people's childhoods um, 
like resurrected and sort of brought back in that way. Um, I think the the Master Chief collection is a really cool example of that. Um, yeah. As botched as its launch was, I think it's really cool to have all the the multiplayer suite of of all the Halos. Um, feel sort of the same mm. way about this. I think it's cool that people can. Um, you know, relive that multiplayer experience with their friends and family and or maybe play it with people who um, also played it when they were younger, but not necessarily together. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's just been on the wish list, I think, for a long time, uh, ever since, uh, um, you know, there was a remake uh, about 15 years ago, but, you know, um, for the Switch, just to get on there, I think such a popular system and mm. people are very nostalgic for that kind of thing now. Um, I do. I do remember playing as a kid. Um, 64 was our first um, Nintendo console, and so we borrowed Golden Eye. And I just remember the cheats, the paintball, and the massive heads, and um, you know, shooting the, the baddies and the dunny, things like yeah. that. And so, yeah. a very, very cool, nostalgic trip it's been this past week to sort of go back to that and uh, and play it. But um, seeing a lot of hate for the controls. Um, firstly, I think you know the Switch one isn't ideal. Not everyone's got the 64 controller they can use. Um, and then secondly, if you want to do dual analog, you can do it. So, you know, it, there is a way and it works really well, actually, I feel. It's um, once you get it remapped and configured, it's it's quite, you know, it plays like a modern shooter that way, which is is very weird playing that game with button controls. It's, I bet, yeah. It took me a little while to get used to, but um, it, it is it is so good, though. Um, and so, you know, it's, yeah, I, I, I think it's it's been done fairly well. Um it's available i think for, for xbox you know not having it part of those who bought the digital or oh, sorry the physical version of rare replay i think it's a bit rough um it's a bit odd, yeah yeah a bit of a, a weird sort of um loophole or some sort of um, legal Edition, issue there yeah, yeah that the digital version only gets it so um as a physical collector that uh, that sucks so um my heart goes out for anyone like that who's experienced that um but you know it's yeah, just a really good time. You know, I've, I've just uh, gone through it again, um, nearly finished it on easy mode because I'm just going to build up because this, this game does get yeah. hard. The, the harder difficulties um, re- really do one on you. So I'm just uh, nearly done on my very easy and then I'm going to do the medium Mentally secret and, uh, agent and then uh, 007 yeah, agent, whatever it is yourself. at the end. Yeah, so um, that's a good time. I, I will get, um, I think I might get a few people on. Played it uh, with my brother last week. Uh, tried to set up the controls and uh, did it for a little while. But um, yeah, just 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 a little bit to you know get set up with the controls yeah. and yeah. Uh, mapping and all that. So that that's the only sort of uh, drawback for me anyway. But um, yeah, it means uh, we still got Pokemon Stadium one and two, Excite Bike, um, uh, and then another one for the Switch for announced yeah. games on the sixty four. So we've got a few more to come out. In the days, have you been playing that service at all? Checking uh, out those old ones? No, I haven't. Um, I like did look into. It. I have the regular NSO subscription, but not the, yep. the premium one or whatever. Yeah. Um, I think I'll probably get it when Stadium comes out. Mm. Um, big fan of those games. Um, I think it's more just like a lot of the games that are on there I can already play elsewhere. Um, and I yep. don't really play that much online on my Switch. Um. Like if I want to play Ocarina of Time, I'll play the 3DS remake. Yeah. Um, Majora's Mask is a bit trickier because I think it's less defined. But um, you know, I go, I go back and forth from the original and the 3DS remake also. Um, but yeah, like I said, once Stadium One and Two come out, I think I'll definitely jump on the train. Get on it. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Alrighty. Uh, new Super Mario Bros. trailer. There's been another one that's just come out in the last few days. Um, we get to see a first 
peak of uh, cat suit Mario. Um, so Chris Pratt or Mario donning the suit, um, and we get to hear Seth Rogen voice DK for the first time. So, and um, we, we kind of already seen this scene. They're in the arena. Mario's facing DK yeah. Donkey Kong, um, but we see sort of the aftermath after Donkey Kong absolutely pulverizes Mario, slaps him um, so much. You know, he seems to get the power suits, Cat Mario, and uh, DK is not very intimidated by it at all no. when he's laughing, and that's a probably a fair reaction, isn't it? To the yeah to the cat as suit as, as far as mario power-ups goes one of the least intimidating i think that's yeah. right that, and that one and maybe tanuki i don't know they're not yeah. very uh, intimidating um yeah. but uh, i love the cat suit uh, in mario 3d world um to being able to climb up um to do the diagonal jumps yeah it's uh, uh, one of the one of the best modern power-ups i think for sure. yeah no it's great yeah, it's and so um you know, I, I I'm super keen for this movie. It's uh, I think they've announced another delay in Australia as well. They I think only by a, a week or something. A week right? or so. Yeah. yeah. So we're going to get it early April now instead of late March. Um, yeah. Does not matter. I I think this is just going to be an absolute fun time and not yeah. It, it's it just looks, Nintendo it looks references. Great. Mm. Um, again, it looks like just uh, so much respect for the source material. Like I'm still not sold on Pratt, but everything else I'm really happy with. Um, yeah. Like Seth Rogen as DK is as weird as it sounds, but it does work. Um, I, I, I think yeah, it does. I'm with you. I, it weirdly lands um, sort of in the same way that like Jack Black does for Bowser yeah. or whatever. Um, yeah. But yeah, like Illumination have done an incredible job animating it. Um, it looks like it pays um, reference and homage to so many different parts of not, not just Mario, but also, um, you know, other Tide franchises, Smash Bros, Mario Kart, etc. Um, yeah. I think right. it's going to be a, a big, uh, cultural phenomenon, even though Mario is already massive. Um, yeah, excited. Yeah. yeah, I think it will sort of reignite that sort of um, yeah cultural phenomenon with it all, and a bit more added mainstream with it. I know the Switch has done that, it's helped a lot, but this will really sort of even more so. Yeah, you know? yeah, that's it. And so, um, I'm going to share my screen of the poster because the poster is amazing. I saw yeah. this the other day, and that's um, it, it's it's marvel cinematic universe kind of it is going on isn't it and so but it's just it's super colorful i think it sort of uh you know portrays the the sort of style that they're going for that uh almost like galaxy like uh sense of adventure yeah um, which i'm really excited for because i think as far as mario games go galaxies near the top so yeah that's right and so um i don't know if you've heard rumors about who in, isn't in um the film uh that, there's a bit of that so you might um We'll find out. I'm not going to say anything. Um, okay. But, uh, you know, like even the Rainbow Road. Of Rainbow Mario Road, Kart. yeah. So, yeah. Wanna get, yeah. So I wonder if we'll see like Smash Bros references or subtle things like that. Or yeah, um, yeah. he picks up a tennis racket or, or golf club or something. I don't know. Is there going to be other sort of spin-off tie-in games that they reference? I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, just, just a, a good time to be had. I'm very sure. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, uh, IGN, love IGN. Um, uh, that IGN have reported that uh, Nintendo's second half for 2023 will not have any heavy hitters, and so um, this came after the E3 announcement or the news that the big three won't be at E3. So no Nintendo, no uh, Sony, no Microsoft. So um, just like last year, so you know. Uh, the death of E3 is being sort of continued to be uh, talked about. Um, is it still um, relevant, still required, um, those sorts of things. But um, uh, it was deemed that Nintendo feel like they don't need to be there this year. They don't need a stage presence. They don't 
need a physical um, presence at all because their second half is going to be pretty light. So we've got like, as we know, Tears of the Kingdom in May, E3 is usually in June. And so um, seems like there might not be any big games um, for their second half of 2023. And so um, firstly, as a Pikmin fan that we are, Harry, um, I was very offended by this. And Absolutely. Uh, uh, Pikmin does not get the love it deserves. I thought they realized after they came around with Pikmin 3 Deluxe, but apparently not. No, that's it. So um, I like to think Nintendo treats Pikmin as a heavy hitter because I see it whenever they describe, like I've looked at their company statements before and what they're known for and Pikmin's like in there after Mario and Zelda. It used to be huge, like yeah. back, back when, you know, one and two came out and I think three three reviewed fantastically as well. It just didn't sell yep. many copies, which is a real shame because it's yeah incredible. Um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, like... And Olimar sort of was such this like, almost a household name in the way that Mario and stuff was with Pikmin 1 and 2. But I think they just sort of fell off with 3 a little bit because of such a big gap. Um, yeah, that the same consistent. doesn't happen with 4, but yeah. Yeah, it, I mean, I think Nintendo think it's a big franchise and Miyamoto loves it, obviously, and it's one of his sort of nurtured babies in terms of new IP for Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think they had big things for it because he, he called it previously the next Mario for Nintendo. And that hasn't eventuated. Um, no. And you look at uh, Pikmin 3 Deluxe on the Switch, that is the highest selling game in the franchise. And it's not officially disclosed, but uh, estimated to be a bit over 2 million copies. And so um, when you look at, uh, you know, Breath of the Wild and Odyssey, you know, they're getting over 20 million copies sold. It's just, that, that, that's, that is literally why. And that's why it's deemed not a heavy hitter. Yeah. And, but it just hurts. It, it should be, I feel, Pikmin yes. as a, as a franchise. It's not. So, um, so leading on to that just makes me wonder okay we're not going to see maybe a big mario game this year it's yeah i think it's interesting i think again it comes back to what they determine as a heavy hitter um but yeah Yeah. i think that's that's pretty much confirmation that there won't be a mario game um like they wouldn't almost definitely see that as a as a heavy hitter um which is a real shame i think it's been a a long time since odyssey like it'll be six years in october um that game was fantastic um obviously like those games don't come out um every few years with that amount of creativity and, and ingenuity innovation put into them um but yeah i think we're overdue um i also think that bowser's fury was a really interesting look into where the series could mm. go um that was such a fantastic little experience um that just i think it left a lot of people wanting more um so yeah i i definitely think tears of the even if they were to release a mario game tears of the kingdom would still be their biggest release this year um yeah but it'd be interesting to see if you know, Prime 4 is considered a heavy hitter. Like, is that going to come this year? Um, like, rumoured. Mm. Um, and, not, like, obviously, they're not going to have nothing. So, what else is there that they're not considering? Yeah. Deemed worthy of it. Is it, you know, like a Prime, Metro Prime Remaster probably wouldn't be worthwhile, you know, just having that. Um, combine that with I think they'd be probably be surprised given given Dread sales. Like, Dread sold really well. Um mm. So yeah, I don't know. I think just having the Metroid name tied to it is, is might do some heavy lifting for it. But yeah, I mean, it, it might be the opportunity to sort of give it some space and to be the focus and to sort of build up on it. Um, yeah, yeah, because yeah, like you said, Dread was a great sell, the best one in the franchise now, a bit over three million estimated, uh, not not confirmed, but um, just going following trends, it should be around three million at least. And so, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. If, if those games are coming out this year and they're not promoting them because you know there's nothing else then i don't know it could be a bit of a wasted opportunity to sort of really focus on it and sort of try and build it up more so so yeah mm. also makes me wonder if 
you know, I, I think they've got the Mario game ready, waiting to go. Um, if they're not going to release it on the Switch, is it going to be held off until the, the next Switch 2 or whatever and just yeah. you, you save it for that to ensure it's got a big launch, a launch title, title or something? Maybe yeah. and, and yeah. you help. Because you're not going to have, Zelda, not gonna have another Zelda game, so that would make sense. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Um, an interesting time for them over the next couple of years as they're trying to manage, um, you know, these games coming in. Because I'm, I'm hearing like they've got games ready to go i'm hearing mm. um you yeah know, lot, there's, ready to release when there's a gap and they'll do absolutely. it absolutely uh, uh, every time you yeah. hear talks of this metro like this primary master everyone's mm. saying that it's apparently locked and loaded like it it's is ready. ready to go um, yeah, that's it's right. waiting for an opportunity but like when's the opportunity like i think it's again going to be one of those things where when they're ready when prime 4 is ready you know they'll announce it here's the release date uh, the primary master comes out in a month um to get yeah. people on board um Maybe they want to do uh, the Prime Trilogy as opposed to just Prime 1. I don't know. Um, yeah, that's all right. So, yeah, they want to get people on board early for it, I think. so. Mm. Yeah, and if, if Metroid Prime 4 is coming out soon, you want to get the trilogy out beforehand. And so, Yeah, I mean, I, if that, Prime 4 is coming sure. out at the end of this year, that's a that's a heavy hitter for me, so I'll be happy. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree with you. So, um, yes, well, t- take, take it any way you want um, for IGN's reporting for heavy hitters. They didn't really define it. Um, exactly with what sort of games, but um, yeah, we will see. Um, if, if a direct comes next week, we, we will see from that. So, well, yeah. yeah. All right, Harry, so that's news. Um, Fire Emblem Engage, though. I It's been a bit over three weeks since this game came out. Um, the uh, second iteration or mainline game for the Switch um, in terms of new ones. As, as I say that, I think of... Uh, the Shadow Dragon and the Blade of Light, they've released that as well. They've done a couple of Warriors games, but the two mainline ones, Three Houses and Engage. Three Houses, yep. Yep. And so um had been a few years since that uh, Three Houses version. Um, we get a new one now. Um, are you a big fan of the series, Harry? Was this one of the first ones you played or what's the sort of uh, uh, experience? No, I started with, with um, I started with Awakening. Um, yeah. I think with like a lot of people did. Um, yeah. Got a lot of good reviews and sold really well. Um, yes, yeah, so I picked up that when it came out, I think 2012 or 2013. Um, I loved it. I thought it was so good. Um, huge fan of it. Um, I picked up Echoes after that, um, Shadows of Valentia. Yeah. Um, and then also played Three Houses. I played every entry since Fates. Um, and I, and I went back and played um, Sacred Stones. Um, I need to get onto mm. some of the others also. Um, but yeah, I really enjoy the franchise. Um, I know that it's. Uh, very different than what it used to be, um, especially with like Fates and um, Three Houses and, and Engage. But I think it's really impressive that they um, that it was sort of one of those um, formative games for the genre, and they're still finding ways to put creative spin on it. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, and each one feels distinctly unique. I feel, um, mm. and for yeah. something that is effectively just a turn based. RPG. Um, I feel everyone's been very different and unique and, and, and very special. And so, um, the, the more I've just played, engaged, the more I've sort of really loved um, what they're trying to do. Um, just just with the whole mechanics and that focus on the the, the strategic playing more so than um, mm. actual uh, relationship building. That three houses was really focused on. Um, I still think I like three houses more overall for the whole story and the overarching elements, but. Um, um, as I said in the last episode, I just, I just really appreciate you have that one game and then you can do another one hmm. within, an, within a console generation and each thing is special and different in its own way and appealing they to offer different, different things. Yeah. yeah, that's right. So, um, 
Yeah, so uh, mentioned this last week, but you battle as a Lear, the divine dragon of prophecy, awakens to collect the rings and bring peace to the land. And so you got to defeat the fell dragon. You've got to save the continent of Elios. And um, to do so, you come across emblem rings, which are characters from previous Fire Emblem games. Um, I really like this. As someone who's... Um, my, my history of Fire Emblem spotty. I played the OG one that got localized um, late 2020. Um, so I played a math game from that. Um, I played yeah. the GameCube uh, Path of Radiance. Um, haven't played the Game Boy games or anything like that. I played with some th- 3DS ones onwards. And so I'm very spotty with uh, my characters. But um, I've really sort of enjoyed uh, coming upon the random ones that will come through. So like which ring, which emblem is it going to be? And then you combine that with Smash Bros. You kind of know these characters. In a yeah, way I think already. everyone's heard of them or at least knows them. And Yeah. That's right, and so um, uh, has which which ring, which emblem was your favorite? Which, was there one that really stood out in terms of uh, stats or even just the character you loved? In um, general, yeah, Lin is broken. Um, Lin is absurd um, on the Lin's right good. unit. Um, yeah, I had her on um, whoever she comes with, um, Ivy. Um, Ivy, yeah, and. Uh, it's one of Lynn's passive skills. Um, you got Alacrity and Speed Stealer or something, um, where Alacrity just gives you bonus speed, um, but Speed Stealer, uh, oh no, Alacrity, um, if your speed is five points higher than the unit you're fighting, you'll act twice before they can go once. Yeah. Um, and then you have Speed Stealer. Every time you kill a unit, you gain five speed. Um, so you just put on a really heavy hitting unit like Ivy and you're just wiping the floor with every single unit. Um, yeah. And then the uh, the ultra long distance with the bow, like yeah, just, exactly. Oh man, just absolutely yeah, destroying stuff from a distance, and it's yeah. um, yeah. So I, I'm about fourteen, fifteen chapters in, so I'm past that uh, mid break point, and then um, come across Lynn, and it's just yeah, she's absolutely like you said, cleans up the yeah the map. It, it's it's, it's been very satisfying. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I really like the way that they. Uh, sort of take the kits from from the original characters and and merge them into these emblem rings. Um, like I think, um, it's really cool to see them like translated over. I guess if that makes sense. Um, like in the mm. way that uh, um, Roy has has a lot of um, flame attacks, or um, Lucina, you can um, it is all about uh, you know leading the team defense, um, keeping your units together, that sort of thing. Um, I think it's really cool that they sort of tie into the themes and the, the abilities that they had in their own games. Um, mm. Yeah, it's really cool. It's been smart. They sort of thought about it and, and, and made it work. And so um, I think Lucina, I'm really warming to Lucina, just um, mm. a, a, attached to Mar- uh, sorry, not Martha, to Aaliyah. Um, I'm just really like, like really enjoying um, it because uh, Lucina... Um, she excels at working alongside allies, like you said, and so um, helps you do the extra attacks. Um, uh, I'm trying to remember the other uh, benefits of Lucina, but just um, you have the um, the guarding as well. If you have adjacent yes. allies, you can pop a shield that has a percentage chance for them to take no damage, which is really strong. Yes, that's right. So it's been a really sort of solid. Um, m- m- makes Aaliyah very like you can go gung ho. Um, yeah, a good frontline unit to pair yeah, with the other that's right. and you clear units as well. Yeah, that's right. And so um, I think I've enjoyed that attachment more so than the Marth one at first. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, just just really fun to sort of play around with these characters and, and try out the different ones. Um, like, did you have the expansion pass? No, um, no, unfortunately not. They didn't, I don't think they 
Yeah, no, I didn't get that with my review copy. And didn't I get also it. haven't purchased it. Um, but I've heard that Tiki is hilariously Tiki. broken. Um, OP. Very yeah. funny. I love her character. Um, very different. Because I think I feel I think like a lot of the main characters are very like they've got the same personality traits. They're very noble and, and well spoken and yeah. And Teak is a bit more ditzy and uh, I'd sort of enjoy that sort of uh, um like Luna from Harry Potter kind of vibes, I guess. Yeah, from, from her. Shift, so, yeah, absolutely. Um yeah, Tiki is broken. Um I, I will tell you why, because um she gets um so she gets up to draconic attacks. Um she can grant divine protection to her um allies. Then her sync skill is called Stratosphere, which causes stats to increase more easily when leveling up. And so it's yeah. it's just like um yeah like like an experience share for Pokemon. Yeah, it's uh, for like a maddening classic run or whatever. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And so um and so that that's been very good. And so um she also um does divine blessing, which helps grant an ally a revival stone. And so if that person's HP goes to zero, they revive yeah and so you could give it to someone that you know maybe one of your mages or someone <laughs> archers who just like if they get hit they die and so it's just an extra life for them you don't have to use the time crystal to go back in time yeah. um and, and you go from there so uh, tiki's been uh op as hell so um i, I i've got yeah as, as the expansion pass Tony's got the expansion pass. It's just been uh, felt like I've been playing the game on the, you know, um, easy mode, yeah. cheat, cheats just to, <laughs> just to get through. And so um, that in the the Edelgard, Claude, and Dimitri emblem, which is a bracelet. So all all the um should, should back a bit. So all the um DLC emblems are bracelets, and so not rings. And so that doesn't mess with the twelve ring story. Um, okay. And so it's the same thing. You just wear it. You can give it to another character, and and they will get the emblem. But it's just not a ring. So it doesn't matter in the long run. And so, um, yeah, so Edelgard, Claude, and Dimitri share one bracelet. Um, and so when a unit wears the bracelet, um, they receive the stat boosts and a 20% increase in experience earned. So that's another boost to XP. Um, and you get about chapter six or so um, from the game. And so my big thing for those looking to consider buying the DLC is if you're not going to get it pretty early on in the game um, or if you're only going to play engage once um, maybe not worth it so because um, wave one of one of four, four. is out and so um, for, I think for most people like by the time you finish the game by the time you're done with it um, most of the waves might not be out yet and so unless you're really going to do it yeah I wouldn't bother about getting the, the DLC as cool as it's been it's um yeah, just just not all straight away. Um, outside of that, with the DLC, um, so to unlock Tiki, you also um, uh, needed to you need to do a divine paralogue, I believe it's called. Um, and so it's just an extra sort of map, and you got to um, do it, uh, do it, complete it to unlock the character. So there's a bit of extra content there, and it's, it was quite a cool um, map. I thought a bit of ice to it um, meant movement was adjusted. Um, you had to do a few things before getting to the end. And so um, I really enjoy that as well. Um, uh, what, what other ones did I like in terms of emblems? Um, I Sigurd was cool to see as an old character. He's, yeah. he's from like one of the very first games. I believe so, Fire Emblem 4. Okay. Is that a Super um, Nintendo or a NES one? 
Super Nintendo. With Super Nintendo. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so, Genealogy of the Holy War. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's the one. The one that people think might get remade. And so, yeah. um, been been enjoying seeing those characters sort of given a new sort of look, a modernized look. Because that was um, one of my favorite parts about the game. Mm. Um, I just I just love seeing these characters brought to the Switch um, and and rendered in in this three D glory. Um, Ike looked great. Um, Micaiah as well. Um, yeah, really cool to see like Corin um, and Lucina. Yeah, um, a real treat. A real treat. Yeah, that's been um, it, it has been cool to see, and so um, it makes me want to play these other games. So I, I'd Absolutely. love to. I want to keep. I want to play the GBA ones. I want to mm-hmm. um, give even Shadow Dragon the remake of the very first game on the DS a go. Just to, you know, experience it a lot more because um, this has been a very cool sort of. Um, yeah, throwback to some of the games, and while I don't get all of it, I, I, I get a few bits and pieces of it, which has been really cool to sort of um, you know, look into more and 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 Google the games they're from, and and uh, go into that sort of uh, downward spiral of uh, clicking on wiki links, and you're at the yeah, page. finding out about it's it, it, there's way yeah. more entries than I think a lot of people realize, especially mm. at first glance. Um, yeah, but yeah, so the, many. the sort of uh, quote unquote golden age is the GBA games, um, mm. Sacred Stones, I think. Uh, Roy's one is Blazing Blade. Um, I believe so. Yeah. Um, I, that's wildly heralded as like the best entry in the series. Um, yeah. But even then, like uh, Path of Radiance um, and mm. um, with Ike. The, and there's another one as well with Makaya, Radiant Dawn. Radiant um, Dawn on the Wii. Yeah. yeah. Also meant to be quite good. So, yeah, such a, a versatile franchise with a lot to offer. I think Engage is a really cool way to expose people to. Um, some of the older characters um, that they maybe haven't heard of, you know, in the pre-awakening era. Yeah, that's right. That's um, that's been very good. And so, um, Liz, the only one with the uh, red and blue hair, though. All the others have red and or blue. Sorry, yes. not red or blue, not uh, not both. And so, a bit of green in the mix as well. But um, uh, so I wanted to touch on the Somnial. And so yeah. this is um for those who um have played three houses this is like um the academy this garrick mark monastery kind of uh, um post battles you can go here and you do your other things you get to um there's a lot you can do here um it, it's where your relationship stuff happens you talk to others build bonds and um it's co- it's the reference menu i believe it's called um supports and bond conversations you can have um here um you got Somi's shrine, and so uh, you get to pet this Somi. Is it a dog or a cat? It's it's a cat, isn't it? I believe it's. I think it's like a hybrid, but yeah, they yeah, yeah, yeah. So they've been done deliberately just to sort of, uh, you know, appeal uh, to both, maybe. Yeah, and sitting and just yeah, that's right, appeal to both. Um, yeah. So this is the only pet you can pet in the game. You can adopt other pets. And you get items like food and and things for it, but you can't actually pet them, or you can't be seen to pet it. No, um, you can press A to pet. There's an animation of a, a lid doing that. Um, the big thing that I really need to get into is the uh, Tower of Trials. And so these are trial battles. It's at the like the bottom left corner of the Somnial. It's very sort of uh, hidden away, um, all on its own. And so this is where you get experience and other rewards for battling um, for battles that you clear. Um, and so changes made to your army aren't permanent. And so you can sort of go into this and sort of experiment maybe, um, try things out and, and see how they go. And so um, there's three different trials. And so the first one's the Tempest trial, um, which is where you face several consecutive battles in a row. Um, and you get to adjust the difficulty. So it will tell you 
based on your units, um, what the game recommends, the difficulty you play it at. I think it's a number between one to 40. One and, one and yeah, yeah. Something, something like that. Um, so. And so I think I got, when I did it, mine was recommended for 17. And so I'll, I'll try 20, see if I can do 20. And I managed to, to do 20. Um, and so it was three battles in a row. Um, I think they get harder um, each time. And yeah. um, uh, your lack of health carries over. And so, you know, if you're, you're half damaged, if all your units have half health at the end of the second battle, they'll go into the third battle with the same health. And so you have to um, be mindful of your, your inventory, maybe utilize your convoy and make sure that you're healing and, and making everything right for the, for the next battle. So, um, so that, that was a fun one to do. Uh, I had to frantically Google because um, one of my um, teammates died and I kind of forgot about it. And then I had to work out, okay, are they really gone forever? And, and they weren't. And so that, yeah. that was good to know, um, even if it, was a bit of a, a bit of a heart I'm attack at first. For a moment, yeah. 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 You, you played this as well. Yeah. As I, did. Um, I really liked it. Um, I think it's a really great idea to incentivize people to stick around. Like I, there are a lot of mm. people who play fire emblem games. Like while a lot of people will probably just roll credits and be done with it. There are a lot of people who stick around afterwards and um, play the extra content that gets added or, or they'll replay yeah. the storylines. Um, I think these trials are a really cool way to incentivize replay value. Um, and sort of keep mm. the player sticking around. They also give you some pretty cool rewards. Um, like you get the um, the gems that allow you to upgrade uh, engage weapons, um, which is the only yes. way to do that, which is cool. Um, I think they're quite challenging, especially later on. Like you said, it's a really great way to mess around with other emblem ring pairings when you otherwise maybe wouldn't risk it. Um, yep. And yeah, um, the relay trials are also really cool. Um, like being able to do what is effectively like an online collaborative battle with other players is a yeah. really cool idea. Um, yeah. Um, Cause it's actually, like, you could just like, I could play a turn, go yeah. and do something for day, and then you could check in a few hours later, do your turn. Pretty and then much. it's just continuing on from that, isn't it? Yeah. So you, you, someone will launch it. They take three turns and then it goes to someone else. Um, okay. And then I think it's a total of five people or something. Um, yeah. And if you clear it, you get rewards. If not, then you, you get some XP or whatever. Okay, um, that's cool. But yeah, I got to do that in the review window. Luckily enough, there were enough people playing that we got a whole run <laughs> done. Um, but yeah, I think that's just a really cool idea. Like it's um, a really great way to sort of implement asymmetrical multiplayer um, into a franchise that typically doesn't have it. So Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, really different. And then the third one was um, OutRealm Trial, which is battling online against other players armies and so that's more head-to-head -head. yeah and you can build your own map like. you build your own map as well okay yeah yeah, yeah. yeah nice so i've only done the first one the tempest and so um yeah I, i'd be keen to give the other ones a, a little bit of a, a check yeah, i definitely out. recommend looking at relay yeah. it's, it's really cool um because you're also using other people's armies as well like if someone else if someone else if someone is instigates it you're using their army and the units that they picked um, okay. which is a cool way to see the way other people might handle emblem pairings and, and equipment setups and things yeah, like that. Yeah, okay. But, yeah, I think I might, because where, where I am currently, I don't have as many rings as I um, could have, and mm. so if that makes sense. And so I think I want to try it a bit later when I've got a few more rings. That, that was what I did as well. Yeah. Um, I think it's definitely intended as a sort of late-game, post-game activity. Um, yeah. It's quite difficult. So. Yeah, and so, because I did one, and then I don't think I got a lot of crystals for it, and then I was looking at, like, to like what was required to augment these weapons i think it's for augmenting isn't it in yeah, the green yeah. section and it's a lot and like it we is. have to play a lot yeah. of these trials just to 
No, you, you do unlock harder difficulties as you get deeper into the game that yield more okay. rewards, um, but they're yep. quite challenging. Um, yeah. So yeah, I would definitely say they're sort of meant for that that sort of last third of the game. Um, yeah. Maybe yep. even after you finish the final chapter and yeah. Yeah, go from there. So very much for the um, hardcore, uh, very uh, uh, big fans of the series to sort Absolutely. of get more sort of out of the game. Mm. Well, that's cool. Um. So outside of that, in the Somnial, still um, you can do strength training. So these are like push-up, sit-ups, squat challenges that um, increase your strength, HP, and dexterity, respectively. Um, so they're just mini games that uh, give you a temporary boost next battle. And so um, I was persevering with hard difficulty at first. Um, and so I was literally just after each battle, I went to the Somnial and I just did all these things just to sort of give me enough of a, an edge just to get through um, these these uh, battles. Um, I'm back down to normal now because it was getting a little frustrating, I think, in terms of maybe my limited know-how of some things or some classes. I think after my current playthrough, I might be able to play on hard and sort of work out what works and doesn't work from there on but um uh so th this has been a cool thing it's just it's just a fun little different thing that uh, that helps you gives you a bit of a boost is it were you doing the same thing with your playthrough i was i played on normal yeah. just out of fear for like if hard <laughs> was too hard i wouldn't be able to finish the game because obviously yeah. when you're playing it pre like you know within a review period there's no guides no nope, um, that's right you don't have any friends in the industry that are also playing it you're sort of on your own a little bit um so yeah i played it on normal um i also have this thing with a lot of games where if there's like like optional content like that in the somnial that give you power-ups going into battle i feel like putting myself at an active disadvantage if i don't do them yeah so yeah every time i came back to the somnial i did those which was probably my biggest negative of the game is that you go back to the somnial there's just so much stuff to do there is um, a lot it's yeah i felt like i had to do it as well like yeah, just to make you sure you sort of feel I'm... obligated a little bit yeah um, i kind of wish it was maybe every you could do it every maybe two or three battles and then you would also have to top, toss up when you want to use these temporary bonuses like if you know you got a big chapter coming up which might have some units that you're maybe not so adept at dealing with. You could, yeah. you know, do the mini game challenge for the bonus stats and, and have a bit of an easier time with it. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, each between each battle gets a little bit exhausting, especially by the end of the game. Yeah, I, I think um, Three Houses was the same, and I think it might have been more stuff because there was I think more so. As well. I definitely and got so, worn out by that by the end as well. Yeah, and so yeah. I, I was playing through this, and it just reminded me of, yeah, because I... Because I'd play a bit every night, and so what I'd do would be one battle and then one lap of Garrick Mark Monastery. And I'm, I'm effectively doing the same thing here. I'm doing one battle and then one lap of the entire place. And so, um, yeah, it's just two different sort of types of games, really, isn't it? In Absolutely. All yeah. that. So, um, But I think um, it's interesting yeah. with, with Three Houses. Like, Engage is a linear story, so it's a bit more mm. like you can swallow the pill a little easier in the sense that, like, you if you don't want to replay it, then it's fine. Um, yeah. Whereas Three Houses has what three or four endings, um, yeah. so you you, you want to go back and see that stuff, but you also don't want to sit through all the Garrick Mark stuff again. Um, and yeah, that's true. The Garrick Mark stuff is more intrinsic than the Somnial stuff to to battle, I think. So, yeah. yeah, and then you've got the school component as well. You're trying Absolutely. to it's time management things yeah. as well. So it's it's yeah, and then tea time relationship building. It it is quite um more involved in that aspect and so yeah. yeah i'm enjoying this sort of change from that um yeah back this a little bit iteration that's right and so no that's been good um 
can also order meals and so you get like boosts from that as well you get to select the characters bit of conversation as well um as well as that's the bulletin board which is where you get to do things like make donations to certain countries and so this helps you get extra rewards um i think you can sort of be able to get sort of extra like it's easier to get certain materials like gold yeah. and and if you do um, skirmishes in their region, you get bonus crafting materials and, yeah, and yeah. currencies and stuff. Yeah, yeah that, that kind of thing. Um, and then you've got to sort of donate enough to sort of um, adopt certain pets from these countries as well. So if because uh, I, I got to a camel the other day and I couldn't adopt it. Couldn't and adopt so it. I'm like, oh, I want the camel though. I want the, I want the uh, camel back at, to, at the Somnial, but I couldn't do it. And so I had to go back to it later. Yep. I'll have to uh, donate some money and then I'll get my camel home. So that'd be good. Um, uh, also on the bulletin board, you get achievements. And so this is my big call out for people is if you're playing this game, go back to the achievement board and make sure you redeem all the bond fragments that are there because yeah. um, you could go through the entire game just ignoring that. And then you'd like, I got 10,000 bond fragments the other day because I had barely checked it up until the other day. And so um, bond fragments are very important to sort of level up your character and do certain things. And so... Um, my big call out to, is to do that and press ZR to redeem all at once and don't individually redeem them. So, um, yeah, so that's been good. Uh, next to that is the ring chamber. So this is all in the Somnial, everything we're going through right now. Um, so in the ring ch chamber, you get to see when they're there, all the rings. Um, so there's 12 podiums, so 12 different rings. And then back behind them is the bracelets. So you can see the DLC stuff as well. Um, so oh, and, cool. and yeah, so in, in this spot, you get to see the inherit skills. Mm -hmm. um, you get to, sorry, inherit skills. And so um, uh, this is where you sort of get to um, add on extra skills to your characters and yet their emblems. Um, Got to be mindful not to stack certain skills onto each other. That won't, you know, give you any extra benefit. And so um, the bigger the bond you develop with your character, the more things and experience you get, the more um, things you can unlock here. Um here you get to also create bond rings. And so um, if you've got enough bond fragments um, for each ring, you can create more rings, if that makes sense. And so, um, for example, with Marth, if you create more rings with Marth's emblem, you're getting to unlock rings from char with characters from games in his series. And so um, these give you stat boosts as well. Um, and through that, if you're doing a lot of uh, uh, bond ring creating you can meld them together if you've got multiples of the same ring and so the more that you meld together they'll go from bronze to silver silver to gold and i think there's another one after gold platinum maybe yeah platinum, uh, i think it is after that yeah and so um yeah so that's a cool thing to do again if you're a big fan of the series and know these characters it's kind of like um like the trophies from super smash bros melee or the stickers from ultimate it's just uh, you know extra characters that you get to see and um you know, if you're a big fan of the series, that's just a cool extra bonus thing for you there. Was this something you were using a lot, Harry, when you were playing the game? Yeah, I think probably every second or third time I went back yeah. to the Somnial, I would do it. Um, I mean, small stat boost. It's sort of like a little uh, gacha game built within yeah. um, in Engage, which is kind of cool. Um, I think Pretty there was gotcha. a, lot of, yeah, a, a lot of blowback um, from the general public when like there was some talk about it pre-release but it's yeah much less um aggressive than i think people realize um it's just a cool little side thing you can do you know you get your bond fragments and you can forge some rings and um, yeah. get some small stat boosts 
Um, it's also a really cool way to nod to all those characters um, mm. from those games and, and people who played those games will see a lot of familiar faces um, and they have all their original um, all their original uh, arts and things like that as well, yeah. portraits, which is really cool. Um, yep. You can see all the different styles and the way that they've evolved. So, yeah, I think it's a, a cool chronicling of, of Fire Emblem's history. Mm. That's a good way to put it. Yeah, that's right. Um, it was cool seeing those very early ones and how they've changed to today. And, and yeah, substantially different. Sort of drawing. Yeah, that's right. So um, that's been good. And then finally at this place, you get to polish rings. And so um, I, f- I found this very funny because it's, um, you know, the, the the emblems are making these, they're, they're talking Comments, to you about yeah. how nice you're polishing the ring and things like that. And, you know, you're hearing things like, How is it? Is it clean <laughs> I don't know, and, and you know, if if you're not plain-minded, it t- could be dangerous what you're thinking when they're, they're saying these things. And so I had a good chuckle when these were going, and some funny, funny. ones emerged. And so, um, yeah, that's all I had to say on that. I thought I thought that was quite funny. So <laughs> we won't go into it. This is a family-friendly show here. So um, uh, outside of that, um, you also had the record toll, which you could uh, have. You've got your own personalized card. Um, it's like a profile card, so you can do photo shoots with the characters, maybe ones that you like a lot, um, have them in different outfits. There's a whole thing here where you can dress up your characters in different outfits. You can make them wear things from other games in the series, things like that. Um, I haven't utilized a lot of this. I kind of like them in their OG outfits and sort of admire that. Yeah, I think More it's a cool so, idea, but because you have to use resources that are tied to progression, it's a bit of a tall order. Like you'd rather yeah. spend the gold on on consumables or bond fragments on mm. creating your emblem wing rings or whatever. So yeah. it's more of a stretch goal thing for post game and things like that. Yeah, that's right. So I, I haven't really been using this at all. Um, uh, nearly there. Uh, you can do fishing here. Um, it wouldn't be a fire emblem game recently if there's no fishing in it um no. so you get to unlock this about halfway through the game there's about 20 type, different types of fish to catch um another way to get bond fragments and also food the fish you catch so um, for doing it makes sense doesn't it mm-hmm. and, and then um for those who love amiibos like me there is the amiibo gazebo um people were freaking out over this but this was in three houses it was it, it wasn't was. new so people were like freaking out like well have you played three houses and they also yeah. reprinted as well in the lead up to launch um yeah, yeah a so, whole bunch so a lot of them yeah yeah do you collect amiibo with any that you picked up i do i have a chronic addiction it's terrible um, you can see mine oh, i'm not yeah right mine are down there and here um i have all the metroid ones of course um i've also even samus returns those two yes all of them every Steady single one man I want um them. and then I was actually mortified because I missed out on the Dread 2 pack pre-order and then Amazon had more, thank goodness. Um, yeah, yeah. But that was a crisis that I went through. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I have a lot of the Fire Emblem ones. I think I'm missing only two. Um, I don't even really use them in-game. I just think they're really nice figures for the price, like most of the Amiibos in general. So Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I don't care about the in-game usage. Not really, half yeah. The time. The time. I just, it's a cool figurine to sort of uh, personalize, you know, represent my love for a gaming franchise or something Absolutely. Yeah. so uh yeah that's what i'm having for um i picked up corin player one um i should have picked up two as well i just felt like i don't need both um, that's what i, I thought but they do both look cool they have different flavors yeah yeah, yeah so i, I should have just picked up player two but i just picked up player one um and then also robin um and then um i think that was it actually because i already had um the main ones that i like i got my ike and Byleth, uh, Chrome, um, Ike as well. So um, 
kind of kept it at that. Yeah. I've got no room though. I, I literally like that. That's no, I had to move some over. It's, it's full. Yeah. I now have a have a separate Zelda um, Zelda spot, and then a now a separate Fire Emblem spot, and then yeah, I have all the Monster Hunter ones. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, Monster Hunter. Yeah, as well. Okay, yeah. so you've pr- you probably got more than me actually. Um, I've got a big problem. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I freaking love them. Um, no, they're so good. And so um, you use this gazebo, you scan the amiibo, I think up to five at a time. And so you get mm-hmm. um, things like items and relay tickets. And so um, the relay tickets, um, once the Tower of Trials is unlocked, um, you receive your first relay ticket from that. And then um, from that point onwards, players receive one relay ticket each real world day they visit the Somnial. And so um, you need the relay tickets for the relay trial co-op in the tower of trials and so um, again if you're very into the game um that's sort of stuff you're collecting and, and and using for that kind of purpose so um so that's the thumbnail so imagine doing all of that between every battle it's um and then you're picking up random food items and you're talking to all these characters it's it's a lock sometimes so yeah um you can get get very lost in it you can um I wanted to talk about uh, the weapons and how they work because the weapon triangle is back this time. Um, it is, yeah. So you got uh, swords to axes, axes to lances, lances to swords. That's the way, isn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Got it. Nice. And so um, it's like the whole grass, fire, water triangle, yeah. isn't it? Of uh, yeah. each Very being similar. weak and powerful to to one or the other. And so um, that's the same sort of thing going on here. Um, uh, I don't know if there's any stat differences. Um, I don't think so. I think the the biggest thing that they did with the weapon triangle was um, the introduction of the break system. Um, yes, which I think was a really cool idea. Um, I, I thought it was a bit of a weird omission that three houses left out the weapon triangle. Yeah. Um, given how prevalent it was, um, I think it just adds like a nice little layer of strategy on top of everything else. Forces you to think about your your unit composition a little bit more and where you're placing things. Um, and the 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 break mechanic only adds to that. I think it's a really cool idea. Yeah, it's it's great. And for those who don't know, it's um, sometimes it's with the break. It means that the opponent doesn't get to attack you, and so it's really good sometimes. Because sometimes I feel like I don't want to attack, and I want them to come to me, the enemies, and then I'll mm-hmm. I'll fend them off, and they're closer to my allies, and we just get them the next turn. But um, if you can go forward and attack someone with a break, it means you can be a bit more aggressive, knowing that if you attack them, they're not going to be able to retaliate that turn, yeah. and so. And they're taking um, more damage as well. Yeah, that's right. And so I found at times that's yeah, you got to be mindful of the breaks. They're very important um, just to make sure that you're successful on the um, on the battlefield. Um, healers can attack too, so that's a new. Um, uh, they've introduced that, and so um, that means you know they don't do a lot, but it just sometimes I've been able to clear out five enemies in one turn because the one that's only got two or three HP, I can get the healer to knock mm. them off. I don't have to waste another, um, you know, like one of the um, paladins' turns just trying to kill that at- uh, enemy with one hit. The healer can do it because it's so small; they can focus on the other enemies and clear out a room a lot quicker. So that, that's a that's a cool um, extra addition. Yeah. Um. So, but bef- like getting ready for this episode, like I knew most of the stats, but I was, I was just looking up a bit more about how the stats work, and um, like I knew a little bit about like why speed's the most important stat people re- regard in terms of Fire Emblem, being able to attack twice, um, 
just with a turn-based system is uh, very important and a big stat to have. And so speed's a very important one. Um, read a bit more about um, the build. Um, and so the bigger, the better build stat you have that prevents heavy weapons um, from slowing your attack speed. And so if you have a better build, the heavy weapons aren't going to slow you down as much. And so it's it's really good for those big, bulky um, attackers sometimes just to have that in important stat to have just to make sure that you're not going to be really suffering um, attacking other enemies. Um, uh, for, for, for some of the weird ones like dexterity determines the hit rate and frequency of critical hits. So that's another important one. Um, and then uh, something I didn't know and probably should have known was that defense reduces damage from physical attacks, but then resistance is for only magical attacks. And so... Um, something to keep in mind for those who maybe know a little but not too much about the game that there's a difference in sort of the defense and resistance they're defending different things so to speak and then uh luck is just um you know lowering the risk of enemy giving you critical attacks and so um a, a handy one to have i think it does some other things as well but um yeah it was a bit uh can be a bit iffy sometimes yeah. um so um then I looked into classes, and, and there's a lot of classes. I didn't a realize lot. how many there were. Um, Especially in Engage, yeah. Yeah, and so you got your base classes, then your advanced classes, and then they've got a little thing called special classes as well. Um, and so I, I think the best way sort of looking through it was, you know, you've got your axes, lances, and swords, um, and you can mix them with someone with armor, a cavalier, someone on a horse, or a fighter. And so it's the whole... Um, so you've got the weapon triangle thing to consider. And then with um, armor, you know, they're going to be high defense, bad against magic. Um, a cavalier is a bit more on the horse, a bit more of an all-rounder. Um, and then you've got things like flyers, you know, so if they're on a flyer, they're going to be um, strong against magic, but weak against bows. And so um, those sorts of different things um, combined together, you've got to be mindful of those different of, of those different components as, and stuff as like that, yeah. Game. yeah yeah um was there a certain class or classes that you really liked that you found um i i don't know i think um it's a pretty wide like pretty like i think the game-wide balance class-wise is is really good in engage um i don't think i think there's a lot of issues in other fire emblems where there are some that are just definitively better than others yeah um, i would say here it's uh yeah there's a lot that um, have some really cool application um and they have um one thing i really like they have more passive skills that um that sort of differentiate them a little bit and give them a little bit more um uh presence in combat i guess yeah um things like um armored units um i think they're unable to be broken um which is is really cool like it makes them um a good frontline option um yeah especially when you're unsure what, what weapon types you might be coming up against. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think a lot of the Pegasus units are still really good. Um, a lot of the uh, cavalry units in general, just because of the amount of movement you get. Um, yeah. Really flexible. Um, weakness as well. You kind of just, yeah, have them anyway. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. yeah um, and I think like the, the particularly powerful ones, like the Pegasus Knights, you get trade-offs, right? Like if you get caught, um, with a, with a against a unit with with a bow and arrow um you can count on that unit going down um oh yeah trade -off is that yeah. you know you have so much movement and typically the units on pegasus pegasus is 
are quite strong as well. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't know. I found myself using a, a wide array of, of classes this time around. Yeah. Okay. So like you're swapping them all out or you just had a wide range. of. Yeah. I just had a wide range. Yeah. Okay. Um, You sort of swapped out. Yeah. Um, I like, I think by the final few chapters, I sort of uh, landed on a team that I really liked. Um, yeah, but it was a, yeah, a quite a wide array of, um, of different classes. Yeah, Yeah. 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 Nice. I, um, yeah, you mentioned it about the armor. Um, I had a Lance armor. Louis, look, I love Louis. He was just my absolute tank. I'm just like, mate, yeah. you just lead the way. Um, yeah. I'm going to have uh, my archer um, behind you. Um, I'm going to have a mage as well. And um, the, Louis just uh, absorbs all the hits. Um, if yeah. there was a magic person, I'm a bit more hesitant. But uh, I, if it was anything else but that, um, it was full steam ahead. Would just take hits and just absolutely like brick wall. Yeah. Nothing was again past him, and then the way. archers and mages were just uh, clearing out behind him and just uh, yeah. reaping all the rewards. It's um, it, it worked out really well. So, but it's it's really cool in the way that like if you maybe don't want to use an armored unit, you there are ways to get around. You know, you can sort of have someone fill that role still without necessarily using that class. Um, yeah, like I probably the last third of my playthrough didn't have an armored unit. Um, I was using okay. Tamara with Ike um, and Ike buffs up defense stats and she already has quite a high one. Um, yep. and so you got what his, you needed from that instead. Yeah, all of his skills yep. lean into tanking and and also um, regenerating your health through his engage attack. Um, so it's really cool that you have that flexibility through the bond rings as well to maybe account for weaknesses, or not weaknesses, but um, areas that you otherwise aren't covering. Yep, as yeah. well. Yeah. Um, another one I found cool was the, the noble. So I didn't realize Alfred could use magic and his sword as well. And so that yeah. was, um, yeah, so that, that sort of opened up a few extra things. Once I realized that, you know, I can give him some spells and, um, um, he can, he can go that way. So that was, that was good as well. Um, which, which other ones did I like? Also like the paladins. Um, uh, have you unlocked the wolf knight yet or are you not quite there? Um, no. Right, I think that's yeah. It's I have definitely around the base one, I believe. Yeah, maybe. Um, maybe I'm on the cusp of it. You probably yeah. Um, that that's one of the new classes in Engage. That's really cool. Um, yeah. Okay. Sort of like a, a thief cavalry hybrid almost. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. I um I've had um Yunaka as the thief in my team, and I really enjoy her. Um, yeah. um, because she can heal as well. I believe she's been she, able to. Sort she, of... Yeah, she comes with Micaiah. Um, yeah, who has um, healing, yeah, yeah big right. healing capabilities. Yeah, yeah, that's what it's from. So, um, yeah, so the thieves are handy as well because um, what can they do? They're a bit more nimble, um, get through doors, I think. But then um, she's got the throwing knives, and so yeah, again, like a bit more of a distance kind of, uh, and quite a high luck stat okay. as well. Um, yeah good for crits and things like that yeah um, yeah quite versatile units um i believe if you if you use your dagger it's the same as fates um where if they, an enemy gets hit by it um they're debuffed um yeah okay so they're a great unit to lead with in the way that like you can hit them with a ranged dagger attack and if it doesn't finish them off you, your next unit is going to come in and deal a bit extra damage because they've been hit with a knife first so okay yeah, yeah. Oh, nice okay there's a bit more to it then isn't there that's mm. good yeah um yeah. So, 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 what were your favorite characters then? Um, overall, there. Um... Yeah, I think. Um, yeah, I think you might not have unlocked her yet, but um, Tamara and Ike. Um, 
I was a big fan of that pairing, um, especially Tamara. Um, it was just, yeah, really cool. Um, Ike is, I, I wouldn't say broken, but on on the right character, he's um, he's very strong. You, you can sort of just um, engage, throw him into a, a group of enemies um, and he'll do the rest, um, Yeah, which is really cool to see. Um, so yeah, I was a big fan of Tamara. I also really, I know um, for a lot of people, the character designs of Engage are quite polarizing, um, but I actually really like them. Um, I'm a big fan of how um, expressive they are. It makes the game feel different from past entries, mm. I think. Um, so yeah, I like. I really like that aspect of Tamara. Um, I also really liked Rosado, um, who I also think comes later. Uh, yes, um, yeah, later, yeah. And Diamant as well. Uh, I love Diamant. Diamant's great. Great, great, great character design. Um, I think his character arc is also really interesting. Yeah. Um, and yeah, again, just a really uh, versatile unit. Mm. Uh, it's got its own class as well, Lord with the Orcrest. Yeah, he does. So, all yeah. of the Lords have their own, um, their own uh, class, their own unique advanced class. Yeah. Players, which is really cool. Yeah. Um, it sort of lends to their identities a little bit. Um, again, Tamara does as well. Um, yeah. Also, really, oh, you should have, you have Fagato, right? Um, I have, I'm in Solm and I've just met him. So I okay. think I've battled as him once. Yeah. I yeah. also really liked him. Um, he was cool as well. Um, yeah. Quite, quite versatile by the end of my playthrough, um, which was cool. Yeah. Um, nice. Yeah. There's a, there's a, I think the game has a lot of units, but it does a really great job of um, uh, making you want to use them, I think. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm with you. Yeah. Um, I've just got my screen up because um, I found like uh, Game 8 has been very good for all this. Um, yeah. I found a tier list for these characters. And so you got S ranks with the Leer, Diamant, um, Settle, uh, Vale, and all that. Um, and so I was just making sure do I have them in my team? Uh, I don't know these ones later on. Um, Ivy's been a great inclusion mm. um, since I picked her up. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, it just goes down um, A, B, and C as well. And so. Um, Fagato, if I when I do get him permanently, that'd be good to, to include as well. Um, I really yeah. enjoyed Orchrist as the archer. That's been um, I don't, that's is that actually the class name? I can't remember now, but um, no, he's something like that. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, he's got arching. Uh, he's got actual bow and arrow, and he's been very good. Mm -hmm. um, and then my 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 main Louis, my um, <laughs> my bro. Um, he's been very good. Um, and yeah. then yeah, he just goes down to the B's and C's, and then obviously the C's. You know, you start off with Vander, Clan, and Fram. Yeah. Um, my Tron died for me early on, and I just oh, no. bothered. I yeah. just like, oh, you're fine. I'll, 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 Fair enough. I'll permadeath. I'll just leave you. I'm, I don't think yeah. I'm going to use you. So, because um, I think he does the um, chain guard. He does, yeah. yeah. Yes. And so I've been getting that. Um, was it Fram? Fram does chain guard as well. I think mm -hmm. there was another one where it's, um, uh, what's it? Lapis, maybe, where Lapis, where um, they do the extra hit for you. Um, yeah, I think so. I think it's yeah, Lapis. Yeah, Cinder does for mm -hmm. when that's with Alir um, or mm -hmm. anyone. So, um, yeah, were there some surprises for you here when you? Um, I know you've only just looked at. Yeah, um, I this is the first time I've looked at it. Uh, Seedol yeah. in S rank is interesting because I just didn't. Oh, I guess, I guess based on his class, it kind of makes sense. Um, Hortensia as well, and Kagetsu. Yeah. I, I never used. Um, funnily enough, so. Yeah, I've only just got yeah. could get to. So yeah. um yeah, don't really know much about them yet. But again, so. there's yeah, there's so many units in the game. I don't think you can really go wrong with anyone if you put resources into them, but um 
some of them are going to have better growth values than other others yeah, that's a big thing in fire emblem uh, especially on the higher difficulties so yeah, yeah yeah i think um i think i got the basic classes down packed enough and then it's these advanced ones that i really need to like i don't know what you know um the sniper i don't know the technical abilities of it yet so it'd be good to see yeah that i think when you get to advanced and, yeah. classes is when the the emblem ring system really steps into its own in the sense that like you find things that that pair particularly well um yeah. or you you can pair um pair up with rings that would cover um weaknesses that would otherwise be detrimental to those classes um so that's a really cool like okay. strategy meta game that you can partake in once you sort of progress your units a little bit further yeah yeah and is it um just the seals the only way to get to the next class up yeah you so you get advanced seals um yeah. it's not like um not like three houses where you go down a class tree um yeah you just, you've got the base and then to the advanced and then you can also use secondary seals afterwards to change to a different class if you so wish um, okay yeah i think uh for most people in most situations um when you first play through you're gonna um, a lot of, like you said, the Lord units have unique classes, so um, you'll probably keep them on that track. And then your other units are a bit more broad in the way that they can move um, into other classes. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, so, uh, I mean, there's an abundance of secondary seals as well. So, it, like, experimentation's pretty encouraged, which is cool. Yeah, um, yeah, I've got a whole bunch of seals that I haven't used yet, and so I just wanted to make sure I knew yeah. a bit enough first before I wasted one so to speak and yeah, so yeah which ones no, do you, you use so so yeah if you if you do pop an advanced seal and you're like oh i'm not happy with where i went you can just use a secondary seal to move to another class afterwards so. yeah okay so that's good to know it's um yeah not permanent kind of yeah, thing you don't get locked into it like a uh, pokemon with the h or the tms back in the day yeah once and uh, and that was it so you that's never use gone yeah that's all right um all right so we talked a bit about the characters um the ones we've liked um uh i I I gave Vander my bracelet for um Edelgard, Dimitri and Claude. Yeah. And he totally changes as a character. It is the most uh, amazing glow up of any character I've felt. <laughs> it's, it's um it, it, it's quite good actually. So um uh, I might might share that later but that, that was quite yeah. funny to see. Uh, he's been more flamboyant and uh, um the, the the wing sort of mechanical things in the you know that they yeah, attach yeah. themselves to are very sort of uh, um Epivescence, cool. it's it's yeah. quite cool. So, um, so yes. Um, the other thing we haven't talked about is the post-battle exploration. So every time you do a battle, um, you get to sort of explore the area in a sort of mm. more 3D kind of way. Um, you get to sort of walk around with all the characters. Some you were on the battlefield with, with um, some you're not on the battlefield with, and they sort of want you to sort of like, if you include me next time, blah blah blah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's it's it's just a little thing, and you, know, you get to you, again. I felt like I had to do it to sort of collect the items that were there because bond fragments are very yeah. important, and you need ingredients them. and stuff as well. Yeah, that's right. And so, but um, but sometimes it was it was cool. I did really appreciate, you know, like a really cool map, seeing it in the three D way. Yeah, I, that was one thing and, I really yeah. liked about it is that they're translated really well. Like you can, you know, you're walking around these spaces, and they actually are what the map was. Um, yeah. Which is a nice little attention to detail. Like I think they probably could have gotten away with having a generic-looking environment for each region, but no, each one is is made after the map you just fought on, which is really cool. Yeah, um, that's right. And getting a little bit of flavor text from each of your units talking about what just happened is a nice way to debrief. Yeah, a bit more unique, sort of specific to what you've just done instead of a generic yeah, exactly. kind of 
dialogue. And so, it doesn't so that, take up yeah. too much time. You know, you're probably no. there for about five minutes before you move back to the Somnial. So, yeah, that's yeah. right. So um, the only thing was the invisible walls sometimes. So, so they block certain rooms or like you couldn't go as far as you thought you could. And so mm -hmm. um, sometimes they're a bit more selective. No, you just so see this area of the total area. You know, you don't need to see everything. So yeah, just a little thing. But um, yeah, so that was um, the main stuff I had. I've talked about the DLC a bit um, and what you get with that. Um, I, I just, yeah, it's like the more I sort of read into this stuff and you said so the more you understand the, the more i've gone out of it and so for me it was the more you give in the more you put into the game and want to understand it and how it all works the more you're going to get out of it and so absolutely um so i've really like really enjoyed it a lot more in my playthrough this week compared to the previous week and so um, yeah. building up the scene with the story and then knowing all these mechanics a bit more has been really cool and um, i think when you engage yeah. with all parts of 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 the combat it, it, that's when fire emblem really excels i think that's the mm. case with a lot of um a lot of strategy games and also rpgs yeah. in general um which is why i'm a big advocate for playing on on higher difficulties for these games because they really push you into a place that forces you to engage with all aspects mm. um unintended well, that was uh one thing writing my review i like the word engage a lot <laughs> um, it's very tricky to try and well, I actually ended up just surrendering to the fact that it were going to be a lot of engages in there. And if people just want to say take it, it as, yeah. yeah, it is what it is. Thesaurus um, for engage. I don't know if there be many words for it. It's, uh... Yeah. Um, but I think there's a few battles in the games, especially like uh, some of the late game paralogs and stuff really force you to to think about what you're doing and, and make use of all the systems. Um, and, and that's absolutely when it's at its best. Um, when you're, yeah. you're pulling out all the stops to try and make sure you can get through that one encounter yeah that's it um yeah I'm, I'm with you on the hard now because i'm I'm like playing it through normal and i feel like i'm just breezing through it and so sadly once you lower the difficulty you can't increase can't back it up. so that's um, why i regret starting it on my uh, review playthrough on normal but oh well. yeah so yeah when i play it again it will be at hard and i'll know more things and, and it'll be better and yeah like you say i'll get to utilize the mechanics and like you have to be more strategic obviously because mm. it's harder and like if you go willy-nilly straight into it like you did on normal you, you're gonna die you know you're yeah, probably you're gonna right. be frustrated by it and so um yeah put into it what you want to get out of it and it, you'll have a really good time um it, it's just yeah just enjoying this different take on fire emblem from three houses and so mm. while i i really enjoy three houses and i think i played 30 hours in the first week i played it and i never play like with with work and everything i do outside of gaming i, I never play that much in a week typically mm -hmm. and so that was that was an amazing fun time and so um yeah yeah just enjoying this for the different sort of reasons um and, and just sort of the turn-based rpgs have been great so yeah um, i i yeah. really respect the fact that they they haven't rested on their laurels with three houses like despite it selling really well and it being really well received by fans they still felt the need to push the the franchise forward um when they could have just doubled mm -hmm. down on the stuff that really worked um yeah, I have a lot of um, a lot of respect for the the willingness to to do something entirely new um, and pivot to something you know really different. Yeah, no, it's, it's been great. So, um, yeah, thank you, Eric, for taking the deep dive with me, um, and thank you to Nintendo as well for giving us a uh, a copy of the game and then the DLC as well. So uh, that was very much appreciated. Um, all right, so last bit for us. Um, I call this weird Nintendo, and so. What I do every episode is just something weird and wacky with uh, the world of Nintendo. And um, this week was about an actual fish 
streaming. And so I've seen, I think you've seen these before, you know, the fish is streaming. They, they, they just, it's just swimming though. And someone's yeah. filming it and they've done it in a way that the way, any way the fish moves, wherever it might go to a particular spot that corresponds with a certain button to a video game. And so they get people to sort of uh, stream video games, these fish, and people watch it. And I've watched this before when this like was a thing, firstly, a couple of years ago. And that was funny because, you know, you just watch a fish move around. Yeah. And it's playing Pokemon and it's just stuck in a cave and it's not doing anything. It's just going around up yeah. and down and, and nothing happens. No. But um, this one time, um, this fish is playing uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. And we know with this game, um, it glitches, it freezes, things happen. Um, and uh, obviously with this one, the, the, uh, the game stops, gets out of the game. And this fish keeps moving around, keeps playing. Fine, um, yeah. But this time, in the home screen, it, yeah. that's right, in the home screen and gets to the Nintendo eShop and then somehow manages to uh, actually purchase something, which it's I just impressive. find amazing. That's it's a like, financially cognizant fish. That's that's correct. So um, I'm looking at the Gizmodo uh, news article right now. And so you can see the fish here just uh, swimming around. Um, this is the Japanese eShop here. It's about to purchase it. And you could see these this person's credit card details appear on the screen, which is which is amazing. It's um yeah. And so it's like obviously like this is like playing twenty four seven. And so yeah. people aren't gonna be around all the time to monitor if something like this happened. And so um that would have been very funny to be in this live stream at the time and uh, actually um you know, uh, watching a fish buy something. Apparently it was three, four dollars American of something. Um <laughs> so it wasn't a lot. It's no. uh um, where was it? Three dollars eighty U.S. dollars of of something. But it's um, still hilarious. Still hilarious. They got yeah. their money back, I think. Um, but yeah, good on your fish. Yeah, good on you. That's, yeah, uh, that's very good. Yeah. yeah. Um, apparently, one's finished Pokemon before. Has wow. actually like done three thousand hours and managed to finish Pokemon Sapphire, which I find is even more amazing. That's absurd. I, I don't yeah. know how that's possible because. No. Like there are so many things, yeah. Like you've got to go up and down, and you not just navigation though. Like also you're battling, and you've got to go to the right places. The gym battles, yeah. Yeah, so I think I need to watch a YouTube video of someone like compiling the breakdown of how that happened. Because but three thousand hours, I mean, that's it's quite a long time. So yeah, that's right. You could finish the game, you know, in fifty hours or less easily. Um, Whereas this fish has taken three thousand hours just to just to do the one. One game, so the world's first fish to finish sapphire. Yeah, that's that's an amazing feat. Um, yeah, yeah. and so I, I'm sure the uh, the current fish who just bought something, um, the uh, the owner has probably changed a few things with their privacy on the eShop. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Two factor authentication. Um, where was that, mate? You should have uh, had the login details. The, yeah, the fish wouldn't have got that. No. I bet that's it. So, um, thank you, Harry, for coming on. Um, Really appreciated your views on Fire Emblem. You're obviously a big fan of the series. It played a lot um, and uh, have enjoyed Engage as well. Um, where can people find you? Um, you can find me on Twitter at Harry underscore Callow. That's K-A-L-O. Uh, I tweet a lot of things gaming, uh, mostly opinions, but also the stuff I do over at Press Start. Um, I've got quite a busy month in terms of writing, so there'll be stuff coming up over the next four weeks. Keep an eye out there. 
Yeah, nice. Um, yeah, do check out Harry's work. Um, up and coming writer, twenty two years young. So uh, the world is his oyster um, as he goes out. Um, you know, playing games and writing about it and um, doing well for it. So yeah, good on you, Harry. And uh, yeah, thanks again for coming on. Thanks for having me. It's been a blast. Yeah, and um, thank you everyone else for listening. Um, we will be back in a couple of weeks' time as we. Or maybe next weekend, depends if there's a Nintendo Direct. Um, we will have something covering that either way. Um, but until then, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you later. <laughs>